What's going on, everybody? It is Jeremiah. And I'm David. And we are the With You podcast. Today, we are going to be speaking about something that everybody has been exposed to, deals with, and goes through every single day. That's kind of the nature of this podcast is to, you know, really relate and talk about things that we all deal with and say, hey, we're with you, you know? So with that, go ahead and introduce the topic today, sir. Yeah. So today... Um, something that has kind of been on my heart to talk about and has actually been brought to my attention a couple of times by friends and by peers is the topic of porn. And it's a sensitive topic to some people. Um, like you said, you know, a lot of people deal with it. A lot of people struggle with it on a daily basis or a weekly basis. Um, so we'll kind of be sharing a little bit about our own experiences, but also getting some biblical insight from pastor dom as well yeah absolutely and you know sometimes when things are negative when things are a problem when things are an issue that people deal with pretty frequently it's not something that people like to talk about it's something that people like to kind of hide in shame and hide behind and say oh no that's not something i deal with or i've never seen that or you know you say like oh some, I've seen it, like, especially in, in the church where p- people talk about pornography and immediately, like, the people that are in the congregation or the person that's in the discussion is just like, oh, I've never heard of that before. Like, they gasp, like, what is that? What's porn? Like, you know what I mean? They try to act like they don't deal with that or they haven't watched it or haven't dealt with it. So I feel like what we can do today is kind of pull that curtain off of saying, like, oh, this isn't something that we deal with, or this isn't something that a Christian deals with or a pastor or anybody like that. Like, no, this is something that everybody goes through and deals with. And let's take away the whole shame piece of it. The same way we would take the shame of somebody who is unhealthy because they're doing any other number of things like drugs or eating unhealthy or whatever it is. It's the same exact thing. It's something that's a problem that every single person deals with. And let's pull the shame away and just really try to like dissect it and kind of get into it, you know? Yeah. And I think also just putting into perspective like that, you're, like, again, like the, the point of the podcast is to say like, you're not alone in any of this. So right. like I've dealt with this, but I'm not currently going through it, but I do have experience and wisdom and even stories that are like, that have helped me. And so again, like when you're talking about it, being uncomfortable like that's part of growth so you have to get uncomfortable and get into the dirty mess get into the get in the mud to be able to get out and then wash yourself clean yeah and like it's hard it's hard to to talk about and be open about something that you feel is so disgusting or you feel is so you know immoral or it just it irks your soul you know what i mean like like getting like that that feeling like like after you you watch it or or Mm -hmm. any of that Mm -hmm. and and then having it brought up it just makes you so uncomfortable but that's because like it's sin and right. when you get convicted, your spirit stirs and then you realize and then once you're convicted, like the spirit's telling you like, hey, like, you know, this is not right. Yeah. And especially like if you're talking about it in a church setting or and with an authority figure, like it's hard to admit your sin, especially something like this, because you do it in private. Right. And and nobody has to know about this. Well, right. Exactly. You yeah. can you can conceal it for as long as you'd like, yeah. but eventually it's going to come into the light. You know what I mean, like everything eventually comes into the light. 
Yeah, absolutely. Or it'll seep out in a way that'll affect you and it'll show. Um, so today we are joined by a very special guest. Pastor Dominic Whitfield is here. What's up, everybody? Yeah. So he is going to also be sharing just some of his life insight with this, as well as like, you know, what the Bible is saying and just a pastoral perspective on everything that we're talking about and really just give us a lot of wisdom and things that he's found and all that. So, um, yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming in. Uh, But I think to start, let's say this, because I I was looking up a lot of stats about this before the podcast, and there are just some things that were shocking. You know what I mean? Like, you know that everybody deals with this or sees this, but um, actually Pornhub, the world's largest free porn site, received over 33.5 billion site visits during 2018 alone. 33.5 billion. And that was up 24% in 2020. That's crazy. That's each person in the world five times. Exactly. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I say. That's that's your grandma. Your aunt. Like, that's like everybody. You know what I mean? So and it's up 24 percent. So this was 2018 was thirty three point five billion. And in 2020, they reported they were up 24 percent from that. So you talking about this is not something that only a very small group of people is exposed to. Um and according to the neuroscience.com in conversation with um, BBC and, and the conversation um, site, they reported that the average age for exposure to porn is 11 years old. Yep. So I guess to so start, crazy. let's kind of get into what was your first like exposure to that and what age did that happen? Dom, you can kind of start and then we'll kind of yeah. tell ours as well. Well, I think this is, first of all, that's yeah. just an insane yeah, statistic, you know, but I think this is interesting and, and, and all of us in here are at this age where we've experienced this, but like over the last, you know, 25, 30 years, technology has developed to a point mm-hmm. where like, so my first encounter with pornography was the old school magazine. Mm, okay. So that was back. I mean, I couldn't have been more than 10 years old, yeah. you know? And finding one of those magazines at my dad's house. And I'm like, oh, what is this? Like, right, oh my right, goodness, right. There's just naked women in here. Like, what in the world? And I remember even as a young boy, like that being the only, I mean, I'm sure there are other ways, you know, but as a kid, you're just like, this is the way that I can see these things. Right. I have to go find a magazine, you yeah. know? And then I remember even getting older throughout my teenage years, <sighs> You know, obviously I, I had a cell phone, but our phones didn't do that yet. It yeah, that's what like, I was telling. I was telling David that because like, yeah, you couldn't go on. Yeah, on the I was like, when you had your phone, it wasn't. And if you touch that little Internet, it's button, a panic. Mode. Oh, you're like, you don't you oh, don't crap, touch crap, that. Crap, like, crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I remember accidentally like hitting the Internet browser button. Bruh. And then my mom's just like, no, it's going to turn three hundred dollars on our bill. Yes. Yeah. So then so then you kind of go from the magazines to the desktop. Like, let me search this, which that, that I, you know, that I would get, went through that in my teenage years. And then all of a sudden you put an iPhone in somebody's hand yeah. and you say, Hey, you can look at anything that the internet has to offer in the just, palm of your yeah, hand. Yeah. Wherever you want, the whenever you want. The desktop is crazy. So you were on a home computer. 
Yes, a laptop. <laughs> oh, I was basically, but it was. I mean, boy. it was a desk. It was, you know, it wasn't the laptops that we have nowadays. It was like yeah. the big, like IBM with the little red rubber, you know, turn mouse on in the, the internet connection. <laughs> yeah, like it was just ridiculous. But like, just thinking back on my experience growing up, mm-hmm. like obviously, you know, I struggled with pornography for a long time, and it was a big part of my testimony with Jesus. And, mm-hmm. um, but but thinking about how if I was like ten now how much what it would be harder like. it yeah. would be for yeah. me oh, yeah. or how, how different it would be. And, and definitely harder to remain kind of like pure in, in the, in the culture that we live in now. Well, it's insane. Yeah. Well, even in looking at like your technology advancements from Dom to me, cause you're yeah. what, four years older than me. Yeah. I think so. three, three or four mm-hmm. around there. So like even from like that jump and then from, you know, me to David is like another nine years. So like mm-hmm. from what you're talking about is you, you first saw it with magazines. Yep. Right. And like for me, my first experience with that was like the iPod touch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't mm-hmm. have any, I think print stuff. I don't really remember yeah. anything like that. Yeah. But like the iPod for me was like, Oh, I have my own little device, mm-hmm. my own Wi-Fi, like, that was where it was for me. So it was a little bit more personal. And even that yeah. though was like still, you know what There's I mean? There's limits to that. There was, and it was still yeah. shaky. Cause so like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't like, I was one of the kids that would go on like the website mm-hmm. and where the website says like, if you're 18 or, or if you're under the age of 18, you were not allowed to watch it. Yeah, I would like, look oh, at it goodness. and be like, Oh crap. Like I can't look at this. Like they're going <laughs> to, they're, they're going to know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought like, if you looked at this, like yeah. they're going to bug my house and like yes. the police would come to the yeah. door and like your kid was watching porn. So yeah. I was like yeah. very much so like, chill with it for the early stages of like it, but that wasn't even until I was probably like 13, 14. Yeah. yeah. And so going from that to being like, you know, Google searching images or something mm-hmm. like that, like that was probably where I was at to begin with. And then obviously got into like the real stuff, you know, as I got older and, you know, like you said, yeah. iPhones and iPads and like, yeah. once you kind of get past that fear of like, Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that technology, though, like that technology started for me at 13. You know what right, I mean? And right. so having like personal access to the Internet started at a way younger age even than what yeah. it did for you. Yeah. Um, but for yours, David, yours was way earlier. Oh, yeah. So like when did you first start even having that access to the Internet? And like mm-hmm. when did, was the first time you were exposed to that? So I had access to the Internet when I was, I don't even know, probably seven or eight. See, like, mm-hmm. but <laughs> by yourself access to by myself. Yeah, yeah, I had I had a I had like it was like an iPod, but it wasn't. It was just like a, a normal like a droid phone, but it didn't have reception. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't I wasn't even the one that like discovered porn. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who it was, but somebody showed me porn. And so I was like, oh, like, you know, this like it stimulate I, I could tell like that it like I was like whoa like what is this and I just yeah. I knew that I wanted to like look at more and so I was I don't know like seven or eight maybe mm-hmm. and then even further than that like I was in, like introduced to like pleasuring myself like at a, like around that time as well mm-hmm. by somebody that was close to me and so I didn't even realize like a, as I grew like um probably in fifth grade is when I got an iPhone an iPhone 6 and what's so, the, what age is that? Fifth grade, like 10, 11 years old? I don't, I don't know. Pretty young, like yeah, around 11. That. Yeah. yeah. And so that's when I was introduced to like actual porn. Yeah. And I was, you know, from fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, I was very heavily like 
submersed in that. Mm-hmm. And it was, but like I had access to it all the time whenever I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, my parents weren't home. Like I had my phone, like I, like I could do what I could look up whenever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And again, like Don, like what you said, like it's a huge part of my testimony, like overcoming that. Mm-hmm. And I don't like, I haven't in a long time, but that was a struggle to get past it and to yeah. stop stimulating my mind. And it's actually crazy. Like I remember being in like sixth grade and I remember being at basketball practice. I remember we were running suicides and I was running up the court. And the only thing that I was going through my, my mind was porn. Like I could literally like mm-hmm. visualize like vivid imagery of what I had watched. And it was, so, and I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Like I'm at basketball practice and that's the only thing that's filling my mind. Mm-hmm. Like that was the only thing I could think about. Yeah. And like it, it, it was so hard to overcome that. It was so hard to move past, you know, that that it was almost like a comfort zone, like a comfort mm-hmm. place like, to where like, you know, I could go and like retreat from the world or from, you know, my surroundings and from like the problems I had at home or the problems I had at school. And I, you know what I mean? And it, like, it was weird, but yeah. it was like, like looking back at it, it was weird and it was like not okay. But during that time, like, I didn't even realize or know, like, nobody told me until I was in seventh or eighth grade that it was even a problem because mm-hmm. it was never addressed. Right. right. Yeah. Like, you know, because I never said anything. Nobody ever told me that Th- it was wrong because nobody thought that I was doing like, you know, yeah. nobody, nobody assumed that as a, a 12, 11 or 10, 11, 12 year old boy that with a, with a cell phone and access to internet and whatever I wanted to see. Yeah. Like nobody thought to say, Hey, like you shouldn't be watching this. Or, or that you, you could be this. developing a serious addiction. Right, exactly. That's messing with you because mm-hmm. that's kind of what this is, is like, that's why I said like, let's take the shame off of this because like yeah. if your kid was consuming something that was deadly to them or something that was changing the like neuroplasticity of their brain and their thought processes. and their thought processes, mm-hmm. like, you anything else you would jump at and try to remove it from yeah. their life or yeah. you would at least at the very least have a conversation about it with those people you know what i mean because like when your kid eats way too much sugar or fast food and they start to get overweight then yeah. you're like oh okay i need to help with this or i need to fix this or i need to do something this is the same exact situation yeah. like the same way that eating way too much food um releases endorphins in your mind and gives you that pleasure gives you that comfort like you said it's the same exact thing with porn. Yeah. And so when you teach yourself, like, that's where I need to go to get that pleasure. With, that's where I need to go to get that comfort. You're developing a pattern in your brain that says that's where I have to go to get it. Yeah, it's good. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You build a dependence on it. Exactly. And one of the things, too, that, like, is interesting when we talked about um, just, like, growing up and how technology has changed. I think equally the culture has changed. Yes. You know, like, because I remember being a kid and. I mean, obviously I was a kid, so no one's having these conversations with me, but like just culturally, there wasn't any like public cultural celebration of like pornography and mm, the people mm-hmm. that are in that industry, you know, like you never heard of these, like now all, there's, there's like famous celebrity porn, porn stars, stars yeah. that are like as mainstream as any other celebrity, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like now it's celebrated as before. I mean, I you would never even know who, you know, like there's who no celebrity yeah. porn stars like that. But so culturally, I think we have, we have gone from having like pornography be this like subculture almost to where you had to really try to find it, try to get it. And then over the last like 20 years, it's transitioned from this kind of like mm-hmm. taboo, like, Oh, let's, this is, you know, kind of somebody's guilty 
dirty, like secret pleasure thing. Like we're not going to talk about it right to it being accepted. And then now being celebrated. I mean, you look at like only fans and stuff like, yeah, that's crazy. The fact that like there's people on there that like brag about making so much money from pornography basically. And it's like, what in the world? Like we've, we have completely transitioned as a culture to not only like accept this in our life, but celebrate it and make it like an important mm-hmm. part of our mm-hmm. cultural status. Like it's crazy. Oh, yeah. And it's been strategic because it's, it's money. Like, right. It's money. It's, it's 33.5 billion people in 2018. And yeah. it's up from that. You yeah. know what I mean? So like you're talking huge, mm-hmm. huge numbers, 50 billion people. And it's control too. Like that you too. think about it, like you're essentially a drug dealer at that point. Exactly. You're dealing substances that people are addicted to. Exactly. Well, and that's kind of what this stat I wanted. Well, not the stat, but the statement I wanted to kind of read. Um, but basically, a psychiatrist named Norman Doidge, I want to say. I don't know if I said his name right. Nice. But Very nice. Yeah, thank you. So he said <laughs> that pornography satisfies every one of the prerequisites for neuroplastic change. When pornographers boast that they are pushing the envelope by introducing new, harder themes, what they don't say is that they must because their customers are building up a tolerance to the content. Mm. They also say that porn has been correlated with the erosion of the prefrontal cortex, the region of the brain that houses executive functions like morality, willpower and impulse control. Sure. So like from that, he literally is talking about parts of the brain that are associated with controlling yourself and yeah. having willpower and drive to go do things saying no to things that are bad for you, those are all being deteriorated by this industry. Yeah. And so if you're talking about anybody who is in a major, you know, cultural control industry like the, you know, pharmaceuticals or, you know, political, it would be very beneficial for you to push this industry that is literally eroding people's minds. Yeah. And making them so they have no willpower. Right. Making it so they have no self-control. Because then I can control those people. Yep. And so it makes it beneficial for all those other people and all those other industries to, like you said, make this a cultural thing where it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, like, you know, this is amazing. Like, let's celebrate this. Right. Right. Because let's celebrate the thing that allows me to control you. And let's introduce it to a boy that is 10 years old so that we can Mm -hmm. get him on that track faster. Yeah. It's crazy. It's nasty. It is. It's crazy. I don't think... Like that, what you just read is so, so enlightening and so good to talk about some of those things because like growing up, I've never heard anything outside of God doesn't want you to look at porn as a reason not to. And not to say that that's not a good enough reason not to by itself, but I think people have to understand that there are very real consequences. Like, like God had, has designed our life and designed us as people and what we look at and how things affect us a certain way to when God says, Hey, this is probably something you shouldn't do. It's not because he's like this mean God. And he's like, Oh, I don't like that. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. It's not like this petty thing. He understands the things that we don't understand that, that pornography changes your life in such a negative way in so many different aspects. It's not God up there being petty. It's him trying to protect his children and say like, this is not good for you. The same way, like what you said is fast food, like the same way fast food is not good for your, your longevity, your health. Mm -hmm pornography is not look good for you. Right. And I mean, you, it, it's kind of like when you, you're babysitting your, your kids or you're watching your ne- nephew or niece or little brothers, like when 
we tell them not to touch something that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. For them, it's like, oh, you're blocking all the fun. Right. But we know that, hey, if you touch that hot stove, you're going to burn your hand. Yep. You know what I mean? So, David, how has it been, I guess, for you going through high school more recently and just kind of understanding that mindset of, like, today's current teen? Mm-hmm. What would you say the cultural impact is on how porn is being introduced, how it's being pushed to your age group specifically? Like the teens right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it affects how everyone thinks mm-hmm. and how everyone acts. And, you know, you mentioned that quote where it, where it you know, it affects your morality too. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the other day I was even, like, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw, like, this, this video come up and it was, like, this guy and he's, like, he's doing something and he's, like, oh, like, I'm bored. I guess I'm going to go to Pornhub. And yeah. then he's, like, and then, you know, there's, like, millions of likes. And I'm, like... How is that now something that is it so accepted that we're just laughing at and commenting, bro, like, I, like this is hilarious, this is so accurate. Like, now everyone is, like, proud that mm-hmm. they're watching porn. And even just, like, in interactions with people, like, I've struggled so much to even have, like, relationships with girls because so many people, like, all they're looking for is sexual satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And I think because of because I dealt with porn at such a young age and then I like got over it and I moved past it and I saw how much I didn't want to do that or Mm -hmm. like how, Mm -hmm. you know, it distorted my view of sex was at that time. And then being able to see like, and understand like what God actually intended it to be. Yeah. It made it really hard for me to even entertain almost any kind of relationship because it was like all, most people cared about about. was about sex or making out or doing stuff like you know when nobody's around or hanging out when like you know coming over and being in my like her bed like you know what i mean like so i never wanted to entertain any of that because and like but that was like so socially accepted by so many people that i knew yeah even the people that were like they were that called themselves christians and so like their mindset of of sex and of of even like making out or or being in bed with like their boyfriend or girlfriend like mm-hmm. it's just so normalized yeah and it's bled into your guys's social interactions too this was at like the tail end for me of high school into college was like the whole snapchat and tinder and mm-hmm. you know going on there and sending each other pictures or nasty videos of mm-hmm. yourself and doing those things yeah. on camera that was what was a result, a huge result of the porn industry, too, mm-hmm. because that's super normal from what I've talked oh, yeah. to you guys about oh, in, yeah. in DSM and the teens. Like literally after. OK, after you meet a girl, what is the second thing that she asks you? Me? No, but in general, oh. you know, exactly. Oh, well, yeah. No. What's the second what's your question? Snapchat? Exactly. Always yeah. like and then as like as soon as a girl like that's literally like she'll follow me on Instagram. and I'm like, oh, hey, like maybe she's cool. She'll hit, like hit me up in my DMs. What's your Snapchat? What's and I'm like, snap? I don't have Snapchat because <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I struggle with that in the past. Like when I yeah. and when I was young, when I was 12, 13, 14, like that was because when I like, you know, I stopped watching porn. But then I went to that because I was like, oh, this isn't even wrong mm-hmm. because yeah. nobody ever told me it was wrong. Yeah. Right. And then once I decided to commit myself to Jesus and actually say, like, no, like this is so wrong. Mm-hmm. And I like I had to discover it for myself because nobody told me. Right. Nobody in church, nobody at school, no, like not even my because my parents didn't know because yeah. right, right. I hid it from them. Well, because that's a part of 
social media now. Yeah, yes. no, it was. That, like especially Snapchat. Yeah, and yeah. and they do it. It's crazy. Like it, because when it was when I was in high school, it was like you might do that with the people you go to school with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you might be sending those kind of pictures. You might be doing Snap, but that's with people you actually know. Yeah, it was never outside. It of, was never outside of yeah, your no. city yeah, or yeah. your high school or maybe yeah. one or two cities over. Yeah. It was never yeah. that far. Yeah. But these kids are crazy, well, right. yeah. bro. I was like, going to say, because yeah. the crazy part about that <laughs> is that I never did anything with anybody that I knew. See? Like, anybody yeah. that I'd it's ever crazy. come into contact with or would ever come into contact with, I wouldn't say anything. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't talk to them like that. Yeah. Because... I was so afraid of like the interaction or like seeing them and being like, Oh my gosh, like, you know what I mean? Right. And even like my friends and like the people around, like they're the same way. Yeah. Like, which is like, like the opposite right. for us. It's so weird right. to and think about crazy. that, but like, it's all because like porn started this. And when you mm-hmm. go down that track and then again, just being so embarrassed about it. Right. And when you're not able to talk to anybody about it or even like, so for me, like I remember having conversations like in middle school, like with my friends is like, oh my gosh, like you saw this person, like you saw their news. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I never want anybody to see that mm-hmm. or anybody mm-hmm. that I know because it like it's it scared me. Yeah. And like it was very real. And like, but my my reasoning behind it, like, you know what I mean? Like I was so distorted. Like all of like everyone's mind was so distorted in like, oh, like, yes, like I sent them nudes or they sent me nudes. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, like you don't like you don't you don't even really think about why or like what your purpose is because yeah. all you're thinking about is oh like i'm getting this satisfaction i'm getting yeah. this this like dopamine high in my brain yeah and like that's all you're feeling like you're only acting off of how it made you feel in the moment mm-hmm. but then once you're done and you're sitting by yourself and you're like oh my gosh i just did that it's like that was horrible yeah, like that was yeah, disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I'm disgusting but then you go yeah. do it again because you're looking again for that well because you've that, trained your brain to right. go to that to feel that comfort yeah. and, and that all that all started with watching porn at such a young age yeah. and like it's like i remember like so I, in elementary school fifth grade was when i started but then when i got to sixth grade and i met like all of these kids from all these other elementary schools i was like oh they're doing it too like oh this is totally fine right it's like normalized. it's normal and then and then it got to the point where like my friends like were bragging about how much they were doing mm-hmm. it. and i was like oh so like watching it once a day or once every couple of days isn't even that big of a deal yeah and being at a public school, like for middle school, like that was terrible because like <laughs> that was when I was becoming who I was, like, like starting to become who I was, like, or training my mind into mm-hmm. who I was going to become. And it was like, that was what I was being taught yeah. by all my friends. And that was like the socially accepted thing to do. Yeah. And it was bragged about. It wasn't like, oh, like, dude, like, don't talk about don't that. Talk yeah, about that's this. weird. Like, this is what we it all was, have a yeah, problem oh, with. Oh, you do that too? Like, bro, like yeah. I just did this. And I even like. I had this, like, the first time that I had a friend over that, like, like wasn't my friend for a long time, he came over, and I had, like, this this super trash, like, TJ Maxx VR headset. Like, you put your phone in there, and it just, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Ma- magnified it. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there, and he put his phone in there and started watching porn when I was sitting right next to him. Yeah. And he was like, dude, this is so cool. I was like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, that's so, like, yeah. it's just, like, I'm sitting right next to you. And, like, so for him, like, it wasn't even weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, like, so you know, weird. I was like, what is going on? It's just, and it's crazy because it's mm-hmm. a whole different world than, yeah. like, me at 27. That was nowhere, like, that never happened. Yeah. You know what I no. mean? And then you at 30, like, that definitely never happened. No. You know I mean, what I you mean? never, you never, 
you never watch porn together. Like, no, that was crazy. Well, no, yeah. I didn't watch no. it. With no, 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 no yeah. not yeah. But just saying, like the comfort of being being able okay to, just to be even like, do that. Yeah, yeah let's to just, just pull turn this on. Like that's well, crazy. And I don't even think it was that big of a culture thing for us. Even no. like, I like at least for my age, it was not. Well, it wasn't like you said earlier. It was because some of the things that like you're talking about just going on in high school, mm-hmm. I relate to, but on a different scale because. Like what you said, like it, it wasn't, this was going on with the 1200 people that went to my that school. You knew. Yeah. I had no, like I had no contact, no conversation with people that no. went to Avon, you know, right. and that's like yeah. two miles away from where I went to school. So it's like, there was stuff like that happening, but it was so localized to yeah. where it wasn't as, as extreme just because it was, you're dealing with like you know, a couple hundred kids, nah, not the yeah, world. These kids, these kids are going on Instagram, finding a girl yeah. from North Dakota and yeah. from Arizona and from Delaware. That's and crazy. They're yeah, getting easy. their nudes yeah. after so a 10 easy. second conversation. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. It, it I remember, I remember when somebody's like, I, I remember this happened a few times that mm-hmm. like somebody like sent pictures of yeah. a girl around our high school. And right. Yeah. I remember that probably happened maybe five times in right. all of my high school career that I knew of, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was one of those things where, like those pictures getting out was like the biggest thing like yeah. you would have thought the world was ending yeah. you know like yeah. i remember one of the girls specifically that i mean i'm not going to name drop but like one of the th- <laughs> one of the uh, sorry uh, ali yeah right one of the <laughs> events specifically that happened like our school i think we got dismissed early like oh God. Wow. it was yeah. this whole thing where like that's so crazy yeah it was like this no like we can't yeah, yeah, yeah. but it but this is what happens every day. Now. See, well, yeah, and that, oh, yeah. even but you know. even from that to my age though, that happened all the time. Then when yeah. I was in high school, yeah. like that was everybody did that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You were always texting pictures, and that was like it wasn't that even big of a deal. Yeah. By the time I was a senior in high school, it was like, oh, that girl's nudes went around, not ever. Well, but yeah, when you were in high crazy. school, you guys were sending text messages, so like they didn't even go away. Right? Yeah, you had those pictures on That's your phone. Saying, yeah, it bad. wasn't snap. Yeah, these did not erase or delete. Yeah. Like these were actually. So you guys really had to be like photos. People on blast. And these weren't people that were in North, North Dakota. These no, no, were people these girls in math class. Yeah, you was going to see her tomorrow. You were going to see her, which is, yes. that's crazy. I yeah. knew people that printed them off. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, my school. gosh. Like, oh, yeah. Was, and handed them out like Yeah, like posting tape. them around. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Listen. That's crazy. When I was a yeah. senior, I remember having like little like sophomores come up to me and be like, Bro, look at the girl from that you're friends with. And like, he had a video. I'm like, bro, oh this gosh. is crazy yeah like no, it's crazy i remember yeah. like so my friends in middle school like they would literally have like these collections of girls <laughs> that they knew or that their older brothers knew Had, and yeah they would like all just share everyone's yeah. and there was like 10 so pictures like it was like so easy to access all of this stuff yeah. almost like you're accessing porn yeah and i can't yeah. even imagine what it's like for kids oh, now and, and even in five years from now oh, right. the new kids that are going to be in high school like this conversation will be so yeah obsolete to what is, they're actually going through. This is already yeah, five sure. years from when I was even experiencing. Yeah, because I haven't since you in that were. For, yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I just yeah, it's so bizarre but how far it's been taken. It's important to talk about it because, like you said, people aren't saying like, "Hey, there's very real consequences to this." Not even yeah. spiritually or like as a Christian, but like as a man and as yeah. a human. Not even as a man either, just women as well. Because it's not about a boy brain or a girl brain. It's if you're teaching your brain to go to this place yeah. for satisfaction, for pleasure, and that's what you get every time, 
your brain's going to teach you to go back yeah. and get it again every single time. Well, it becomes time. a drug and an addiction. Exactly. And like they said on this, and this is another p- crazy piece of this, is that like they're talking about pushing newer, harder themes. What they don't talk about is because they have to, because people develop a tolerance. When you do that and push those darker things, while you're pulling back people's morality and willpower, it bleeds into other areas of life. It bleeds yeah. into violence. It bleeds into drug use it bleeds into areas that can really mess you up yeah because you don't even have any self-control no and you have no control of your anger and you have no control of your depression and so when you're talking about this issue specifically it's linked to all of it yeah it's linked to violence it's linked to suicide it's linked to other addiction yeah like it's really really nasty and something too like dom for adults you're married you're the only one that's married out of us it, it, ha- it says that in the long term, pornography creates a dysfunction, especially in the inability to achieve erection or even pleasure with a real life partner. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like it. Uh, it, it, ruin, it ruins <laughs> yeah. it ruins your relationships. Yeah, for sure. That's what so I, mean. I remember like, I mean, so quickly, I, I struggled with pornography for probably over a decade, mm-hmm. probably, a, a, you know, well over a decade. And then I've been married now for about seven years. <clears throat> I think, yes, oh, seven years. But I remember, like, it it was, it took us years. It took me, and and I don't think Emily ever really struggled with that. Mm-hmm. But I did. And going into our marriage, like, you go into such, you go into it with such a, a skewed view of what like sex, sex looks is, like. Yeah. And and the one of the things I think we alluded to it earlier is, like, we've done a really bad job as a church talking about sex in a healthy way, like preparing our, our children, our, our teenagers, our young adults for what sex should look like between like two Christian men and women, you know, mm-hmm. like a couple. So it's one of those things like going into that, the only frame of reference I had for sex was porn. Right. That was the only frame of reference I had. And so like, it just, there was no, like pornography is not, what sex looks like. Like, it's just not like you, you look at porn and you're like, Oh, this is, you know, sex is this. And it's just not, that's just not what it is. And so for me, I had to really like relearn sex. I maybe not relearn it, maybe learn it the right way. Like, you yeah, know, like actually outside learn. of the context of yeah, what presented. Yeah, yeah. Like l- really learn how to have sex the way that you should in a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm, and it took mm-hmm. years, you know, yeah. it took years. And, it's, I remember like struggling with so much anxiety, so much depression, so much like just really weird emotions because going into it, I thought sex needed to look like this mm, and it, mm-hmm. and it, it just doesn't. And me and Emily had to walk through some stuff because like, obviously not to get too graphic here. I don't yeah, know yeah, too yeah, many yeah. details, but I think this is important to say because <laughs> no, like yeah. you look at pornography and you see these guys and like pleasuring these women and you're like, Oh my goodness. Like that's how you, pleasure women and you're like okay well you know when I get married that like that's what I'm gonna do and you come to find out that those girls are faking and that's not what mm-hmm. the majority mm-hmm. of women enjoy and then you're like you know what are you doing like why are you doing that like yeah. I just saw in the video I don't know is just no I don't like that mm-hmm. this you know so it was like learning how to really have intimacy the way like Emily enjoys it I enjoy it we both enjoy it and then looking back on it I'm like man this 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 does not look the same. No, like one, one yeah. of these are not right, right, you know, and it's pornography paints this false picture of what it's yeah. like to have sex. And that's what I was trying to say, because it's like 
people need to hear that piece of it yeah. too. You know what I mean? Like young guys and young girls need to hear that side of it is like, yeah. this is going to affect you when you get married too. Big time. Like this Big isn't time. something that is just like, Oh, my brain is losing willpower. I, I vape anyways. That's already happening. Right, like right. it's not that like, this is like, Oh, you want to be married one day and have like a healthy relationship. Like yeah. this will change that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll say this too. It, and I don't know this from experience because, um, me and Emily both only had sex with each other. So mm-hmm. I've had conversations with a number of people that have said the pornography hookup culture that accompanies pornography where people just walk or run around having one night stands doing whatever, like those two things are similar. But when you look at, look into like a long-term marriage relationship where intimacy is like with your husband or your mm-hmm. wife, mm-hmm. those relationships are always better and they look different sexually. Like yeah. I've talked to a lot of people who do sleep around, have one night stands, and they do have maybe like quote unquote good sex with like these strangers, which yeah. is fine. But the result of that is always the same as the result of looking at pornography. You walk away feeling beat up, discouraged. You don't walk away feeling like, oh man, I enjoyed intimacy with somebody that no. I enjoy. You walk away with the same kind of things that we are talking right. about that are bad. But like, you look into a healthy relationship and it's like, oh man, this, this is what sex should be. Yeah. This is how it should be. Well, because you know? how it's presented is fun and pleasure oriented and centered only on that. Yeah. It's not yeah. centered on even procreation or right. intimacy right. or mutual pleasure between two people that you care about. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not, that's not how it's even presented in porn. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. You're right. So we have some questions for you, Pastor Let's Dominic. That we want to get into and we'll get into some conversation. <laughs> Otherwise, I said that's so weird. Pastor know, Dominic. Nah. Um, Dom's my cousin, for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, yes, sir. He is an amazing pastor. And so we want to just ask him some different perspective questions. David, I'll let you ask the first one. And kind of we'll get into some discussion around yeah. these questions specifically. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So our first question is, what does the Bible say that applies to watching porn in today's world? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a commonly asked question. And the answer is nothing. (laughs) Like the Bible doesn't specifically really talk about like, hey, do not do thou shall not search Pornhub on the Internet. You know, obviously we live just in a little bit of a different culture. So but the Bible is filled with with scripture verses that really overlap just pornography and look at the things that you and I enter, let allow into our life. You know, the things that we entertain, you know, Jesus even said like you, you say, you know, adultery looks like when I sleep, sleep with somebody else's wife. Well, Jesus says, no, when, when you even have it in your heart that you desire to sleep with that woman, that's adultery, you know? And so you look at, man, the standard of heaven goes so much further beyond like doing things, but Jesus really requires us to take inventory of what we allow into our life, you know? And one of the scripture verses in Matthew six twenty two, Jesus is talking about it. And Jeremiah, I think you used this um, recently with DSM, but uh, it says in verse 22, the eyes, the eye is the lamp of the body. You draw light into your body through your eyes and light shines out to the world through your eyes. So if your eyes, so if your eyes well lit, I can't read my phone. If your eye is well and shows you what is true, then your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is cl- clouded or evil, then your body will be filled with evil and dark clouds. And the darkness that takes over the body 
of a child of God who has gone astray. That is the deepest, darkest darkness there is. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, what do you allow into your, into your body? If you're watching pornography, allowing that in, the only thing you can expect, like you said, David, earlier, is that's what comes out. Even when you're running, you know, suicides at basketball practice, the only thing that comes out is the, the pornography that you allow in, you know. And that's just the reality of not just pornography, but everything that we look at, listen to, talk about, entertain. That's why, for me, it's so important that kids growing up in this day and era, era understand the importance of the direction our culture is going and understanding their role in it because you can't go to watch every movie that's released now. You can't listen to all the songs that are released now. You can't go and watch TV shows. You can't do these things. Like you, we used to, when I was a kid, you would never go to a movie outside of like, you know, rated R horror movies and expect to, you know, see anything too crazy. But now you go to movies and who knows what you're going to see on there, you know? And, and those are the things that, that's the darkness that gets inside of you, mm-hmm. messes you up. Well, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that you said that because there's actually been movies that have came out recently that I'm like, I'm not going to watch. Yeah. And not necessarily for like sexual reasons, but because, or because of like sexual things that were on display, but because of just like what is in the movie. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't watch the newest Doctor Strange movie mm. because I was talking to my brother and he, and I was like, oh, well, you know, I heard like, you know, it was demonic and there was all this weird stuff like and I was like, this stuff that I don't want to watch. Yeah. And then even with like with Stranger Things, you know, the new season came out and I remember watching like the first episode and a half and I was like, this does not feel right. Like, I do not want to watch this. And so like everyone else was watching it and, and that that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I didn't want to fill myself with that sort of thing because like I don't want that to be what I end up looking at and what yeah. I end up seeing when I look in certain areas. And I didn't want to fill my mind with that that you know that that idea of of life and again like that's why like once I realized with porn like that how much that was influencing how I even saw people or how I saw interacting with people like I had I knew that I needed to make that change yeah and I knew I couldn't continue watching that and even again like other movies that are coming out that are having like sex scenes or in like pg-13 or radar movies like that you know, now I'm able to watch, you know, mm-hmm. officially able to watch as yeah. an 18 year old. Like <laughs> right, right. those are, are still aren't things that I want to indulge in because yeah. then my mind is going to fixate itself on. Yeah, them. no, that's so good. You know, we make this a lot more complicated than it needs to be. But the other day I had, um, what did I eat? I ate for lunch, this really bad, unhealthy, like cheeseburger, had a bunch of <laughs> chips. And then after the chips, my in-laws brought over a pound, you know, those like big bags of candy where it's like a five pound bag of like Swedish fish or something. Yeah. Yeah. They brought over (laughs) my house, a five pound bag of, uh, what the sour patch kids. Oh yeah. It was like the Mm -hmm. July 4th edition. Wow. Yeah. So good. Mm. So I eat a terrible lunch, a bunch of (laughs) chips. And then I sit on the couch and just eat probably like 20 minutes this out of this five pound bag of candy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then later that night, I, I went on a run and I was like, why do I feel like complete garbage? Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like I'm going to just throw up. And I just felt terrible for the rest of the day. And yeah. I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, it's probably because I ate what I ate. And then the next day I made it a point to eat really clean, really good, really healthy foods. And I was telling Emily at the end of the day, I was like, man, I feel like I could take on the world right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just feel good. I feel healthy. I feel ready to take on the world. And this is the same thing. Like this, there's no difference here. We like to 
think about like, oh, well, I can watch this stuff. I can go here. I can participate in this. But then we look around at the current generation now, like millennial and even younger, like why does everyone we know suffer with anxiety? Mm-hmm. Like why does everyone we know have a have an issue with depression? And why does everyone we know deal with all of these like emotional issues? issues? Like, well, it's because you're eating like garbage. Like you're putting all what of you're this. you're consuming. Yeah, you're putting all of this trash inside of you. And then mm-hmm. you, you wonder why you can't sleep at night. Like, yeah, dude, like this, is it's not this, it's not that complicated. Like, if like just what Jesus said, fill your eyes with light and you're going to be filled with light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Consume pornography, consume darkness, consume these things. You're going to only have that inside of you. It's not yeah. going to feel good. And I think that kind of leads into our second question, but like, this one is more Christian centered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Somebody who is walking in their faith, somebody who is wanting to be used by God, because yeah. ultimately if you call yourself a Christian, then that should be your goal is to be used by God. Yeah. It shouldn't just be to get blessings or, you For know, sure. whatever sure. it is that you're trying to get, it should be a, you know, posture of servitude and love. Mm-hmm. Um, so really the question would be spiritually, what are you hurting by watching porn? Yeah, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. And I think like I've had, I have this conversation with a lot of different young guys specifically because mm-hmm. I mean, let's say that let's, let's kind of pull the rug out from this statement. Everybody deals with porn. Yes. Everyone like, and whether or not you think like, oh, well I don't go to Pornhub or I don't go to these sites. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You scroll through Instagram long enough. You're going to be confronted with porn. You go on Twitter long enough, you're going to be confronted with you porn. You send naked Snapchats, that's porn. That's porn. So <laughs> so you might not go and watch these like hardcore porn videos, right, yeah. but you're not going to look at an advertisement on TV and not be confronted with porn. I went yep. to the Avon pool yesterday where there's just, you know, it's a, it, it was a bunch of kids and their moms there. And I'm like, what, who in the world let these ladies walk out the house like this? Like, mm-hmm. this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like that is <laughs> like, to me considered like kind of the gateway to porn because you see these things and you're like, you're confronted with a very, very open culture that celebrates sexuality and it hits you in the face every single day. And the standard of morality oh, yeah. has been deteriorated to that yeah. point. So let's not get confused. Every yeah. single person's confronted with porn yep. every single day. All the right. Time. All the time. So like, so when you look at spiritually what it, what the effect it has on you, there's a scripture verse I like to tell people a lot. It's in first Corinthians chapter six, verse 18. And, and Paul is basically telling us why sexually immoral sin is different than any other sin. Mm. And he says this flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. So he's saying like every sin that you do, like I used the example earlier, like if I reached across this table and punched David in the face, that sin is against him. I sinned outside of my body and sinned against him, right? So that's what Paul's talking about. And then he goes on to say this, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Mm. So the reason that it's different is because now I'm not reaching across the table and hitting David in the face. Through sexual immorality, I'm hitting myself in the face. Like I'm sinning against Dominic. I'm sinning against myself. And so when you indulge in these things, that's why like sexual sin hits way different than any kind of sin because not only are you having to deal with the reality of man I committed sin but you're having to take the sin that you committed and now you you can't even forgive yourself because mm-hmm. you sinned against yourself so not yeah. only are you dealing with guilt and shame for doing the action you're dealing with like this 
this idea where you're getting beat up by the enemy, you're receiving kind of like the other end of that sin mm-hmm. and you're having to juggle both of those feelings. And it's, it's, it's not fun to go through. Well, it's hard. And, and you put a block there between you and the Holy spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And like, you've even talked about it, how it made you feel just so dark and negative and distant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I just, I, I mean, I remember just feeling like, like there was like literally like a wall was just built. Mm-hmm. Like, like every time I would watch, or I would even like see or or indulge in any of that sort of thing. I I remember just being like, why am I so distant from God? Like, why can't I just why can't I just talk to Him the same way I I I, I always have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And and you know, as I as I moved past that and I realized why, because you know, like you said, like I was sitting against myself, mm-hmm. and so like I was I was able like I'm all, I've, I'm I feel like I'm really really good at forgiving other people mm-hmm. but I really really struggle forgiving myself absolutely and I remember um I think it was my probably my sophomore year I remember having a conversation with my basketball coach and he told me he was like you know once you get over the, like once you get over this and once you move past it you'll be able to forgive everyone like th- this was a different situation but he said mm-hmm. you'll be able to forgive everyone else but it's going to be extremely hard to forgive yourself mm. And it, it was like, it's yeah. like forgiving myself because like, you know, I've, I made that decision. I made the yeah. decision to, to do this and do it again and again and again and again. And so it was like, I blocked myself off from God because I was like, oh, I'm so dirty. Like I'm so unclean that I can't even go to the one who literally died for me. You know, yeah. the one that, yeah. that took my sin upon himself. Yeah. And my, my testimony in overcoming you know, pornography or that, that addiction and, and, you know, struggling with that had a lot to do with forgiving myself mm-hmm. and learning and telling myself the scripture. I don't, I'm not sure what the actual verse, the, the first call is, but that, that Jesus takes our load, that he takes our load upon himself mm-hmm. and that the, the yoke that he gives to us, the yoke that he, the burden that he has for us is so easy and it's so light mm-hmm. because we're not carrying all of this pain and all of this sin on ourselves where yeah. he's carrying it for us and he yeah. does it willingly. Yeah. No, that's yeah. so good. That's, that's what I tell people is the key to overcoming pornography is when you, when you are able to forgive yourself, when you're able to look at what you've done and say, you know what, I'm not going to allow guilt and shame because here's the deal at the end of the day, what, what does, what's the one power that sin has over anybody, not just pornography, but anyone like if we, if we believe that Jesus died on the cross, he removed our sin. Some people still struggle with sin and that's, that's the reality. But why, why would you struggle with sin if it's already been defeated by Jesus? Right? So like, there's no consequence. Let me say this way. The consequences of our sin are removed. So now when we sin, we know that Jesus forgives us. We're not going to hell. What is this? What is the power sin has over us? It is guilt and shame. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. It can make you feel guilty. It can make you not forgive yourself. It could it could paint itself bigger in your mind than it actually is. And when it comes to pornography, what I struggled with for years is what you said is not being able to forgive myself. Feeling like whenever I looked at pornography, I would wake up the next day and I would punish myself by reading twelve chapters of the Bible. <laughs> I'm saying, no, I've got to make up for it. your sins. Yeah, yeah got to oh, make yeah. up for it. Why? Because I am the victim and yes. the aggressor of my own sin. Yeah. So I have to, I have to earn my own Fix forgiveness it. back. Right. You know. But this is what happened with me. The moment I woke up and I said, you know what, I'm not going to focus on, I'm not going to focus on not doing something because I believe this with all my heart you become what you behold. 
Mm-hmm. So if you focus on something, that's the direction in which your life is going to move. Mm-hmm. And it even works negatively. So if you're focusing on not doing something, that's what you're going to do. You know, you, I used to wake up in the morning, don't look at porn, don't look at porn, don't look at porn. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap, I looked at porn, you know? Yeah, you done said porn 10,000 times right, today. Right, right, like, <laughs> because that, even, even if... Saying even if, I'm not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, even if it's a, a noble thing, you're right. focused on... You're still focused on it. Yeah, like you're going to move that direction. And mm-hmm. so the moment you wake up in your life and you start focusing on the good things that God has for you, focus on Jesus, focus on finding those things... It, it wasn't a magic formula where like I oh. woke up and I never looked at porn again. Right. But what changed for me is when I did look at porn, when I did mess up, I forgave myself quickly. I moved past it and I continued yeah. to focus on the things that God had for me. And what I realized is I stripped the power of porn away. Yeah. Like it had no, that, that draw, that pull that it has is like, come look at me, come watch this. It wasn't there anymore. And I messed mm-hmm. up for years. You know, I'd, I'd yeah. kind of go back into it for a long time, but now I mean, I don't, I, it, I think it's different because I'm married and I can have sex. So I don't right. have like it's that. Different. It's a little yeah, different, a little but different. like, but even into like right before I got married, I didn't struggle with pornography the way I used to, mm-hmm. you know, it mm-hmm. just wasn't the same thing. It, 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 it didn't have that kind of addictive yeah. withdrawal type of pull on you because it, you strip it of its power by doing right. that. Well, it's like the book that we've all read and love with the principle of the path mm-hmm. with Andy Stanley, Andy Stanley. And yeah, read Principle of the Path, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talks about it. He said, you know, your attention determines your direction and your Absolutely. direction determines your destination. Absolutely. So positive or negative, if that's the only thing you're focusing on, that's where you're paying attention. That's the direction you're going to go into and that's the destination yeah. Yeah. that you're going to reach. Yeah. So and good. so it's, it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also important to remember that, like, especially with porn like or really anything that you're struggling with, your destination is not going to be reached instantly. Kind oh, of like no. what you said, no. Pastor yeah. Dom. Like, yeah. it's it's not, but it's also not over. Like, you're not like, oh, like, everything that you worked for is not mm-hmm. over because you messed up one time. Yeah. Like, right. you are not your sin. Like, you are, not, that's not what we identify with yeah. as Christians. Yeah. And so, like, you know, if you go a week without watching porn and then you watch porn, that doesn't mean that you have to watch porn every day and that you can't ever, like, it's a constant war. And yeah. so just because you lost one battle doesn't mean that, it's, it's time to give up. Yeah, yeah, don't give up. Keep staying. It, it takes it. I mean, it took me a long time, and you yeah. know, you shared yeah. as well. Like it, it took a long time. It's a it took it took a lot of of willpower and effort to, and it took a lot of mess ups. Like it took a lot of mistakes and dabbling in that again, and then having to fight my way out of it mm-hmm. to be able to say that, like you know, I've overcome the addiction. Right. And like it took a long time. It took yeah. years. Yeah. Well, I think I think too. You you kind of walked into something that I think is the reason why a lot of Christians struggle with anything is because we think that destination, you talked about the destination of that journey. We think the destination is perfection. Mm -hmm. Like we think the destination is like, I have to get to the place where I don't mess up anymore. I have to get to the place where I don't have any sin in my life. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. not the destination. That's not our goal as Christians. Like our goal is to surrender and be dependent on Jesus. That's our goal. Yeah. Like we're, we're going to mess up. We're going to, we're going to fail. We're going to fall down. And when you have in your mind, like, cause I used to do this all the time. I used to tally the, you know, the days where I didn't look at porn. Like Mm -hmm. you said, Oh man, I got two weeks strong. Let's go. Like, that's awesome. But where, what number are you trying to get to? 
Right. Right. Like, Three, what's the goal? 365. Yeah. Like, what's the number? 700 days. Yeah. And like, then once you reach that goal, what does that mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're still going to be yeah. jacked yeah. up. Even yeah. if you <laughs> never look at porn for the rest of your life, if you don't right. create a life dependent on Jesus, that's, yeah. you, you arrived at the wrong destination, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, uh, understanding that my goal in life is not to be perfect. Yeah. Like I'm not out to to have no flaws. My goal is to be dependent on Jesus. Right. It's to mm-hmm. fall in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a different mindset. And when you do right. that, like messing up isn't as bad anymore no. because it's like, Oh, that wasn't my goal anyways. Right. Like I'm, you know, yeah. my, my goal wasn't to tally anymore anyways. Right. My yeah. goal is to find Jesus. And that's kind right. of where I think I've gotten, especially lately. And I, it's not even, my thing was never porn. Mine was food. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, that was, I know that yeah. might sound funny, it's but a, like, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah like yeah. it was Still, a very yeah. much so the same exact thing. So like, mm-hmm. even like this week, like I had way too many cookies that were so good, <laughs> but they're like my favorite kind of cookies. Mm-hmm. And there was a ton of them at my sister's graduation. And mm-hmm. I had way too many. This oh, those week. were good. Weren't they? See, and everybody was asking where they were. <laughs> Pre- yeah, your sister and all of Precious, her friends, they were like, where, those co- this, where did those I'm cookies so go? I'm so sorry. So they were all like, where are those cookies? <laughs> and we were like, uh, uh, I didn't eat them. I didn't really like them. So, <laughs> but, but that's a perfect example, though, is yeah. like I had way too many cookies this yeah. week. Now, on one hand, yes, that's super bad. And I think in the past, I would have beat myself up so bad over For sure. that. Like, For sure. You're dumb. You're an idiot. You're, you have no self-control. Yeah. You messed up. You ruined it. You did that. But like now I've gotten to the point where it was like, yeah. I had those cookies and that wasn't good, but yeah. I'm going to do better. You know yeah. what I mean? Because beating yourself up doesn't get it you doesn't anywhere do anything. either. All it does yeah. is just make you feel horrible about yourself. It makes it harder to forgive yourself. Yeah. 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 And to move forward and, mm-hmm. and get better. Yeah. yeah. Because here's the deal. The goal is not to, the goal in your life is not to not eat bad anymore. Right. No. Exactly. The goal in your life is to eat, create a healthy lifestyle in terms of yeah. eating to where you can sustain some, like a healthy lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. So the goal has changed. Yeah. Like before I know just cause we've talked about it, the goal was like to not go to these places, to not eat this food, to right. not do this. Right. But that's not your goal anymore. No. Your goal yeah. is to maintain a healthy lifestyle. And so when you it. do mess up, it's like, okay, I'm yeah. still healthy. Exactly. Yeah. You're I'm still, still healthy. You still have maintained yep. something yeah. else. That Absolutely. Good. It's good. So the last question I have for you, because I get this one a lot, from mostly guys in in like our student ministry and everything but yeah they'll say it they'll pre- <laughs> they'll preface it is it preface or preface 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 we'll yeah they'll say this first before they say this yeah, yeah they'll be like yeah so like i don't really mess around with anybody i don't actually do anything mm-hmm. but is masturbation a sin yeah. because it'll be like would you rather me actually go and get with this girl or get with this guy or do this or do that? Or would you rather me do this? Because, you know, this isn't as bad as actually going and doing it. Right. Yeah. And so that would be their question. Is masturbation a sin? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and I, from, you know, obviously I'm, I don't know everything about the Bible. Right. Yeah. In your, in your opinion. Yeah. So looking through the Bible, I have never found anything that would directly correlate between you know, saying, do, you know, do not masturbate. That's a sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's some, we talked about some stories in Leviticus where you're, you know, those things happen and the man's unclean. And it's obvious that that's something that, that God is not like, Hey, he's not encouraging it, but it, and it's also something that's like, this is unclean to me. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. my, there's a scripture verse in, 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 um, song of Solomon, crazy book. Song of Solomon is like the, erotic writing in the Bible, mm-hmm. which it's, it's crazy. It's, it's really weird. Cause I remember reading song of Solomon while I was addicted to porn and I'm like, <laughs> this is weird, you know, 
But <laughs> looking back on it, like going through that book, that is a really good, good way to approach love and sex biblically. There's mm-hmm. a lot in there that's really good. But mm-hmm. there's a saying that kind of is repeated throughout it's the Song of Solomon. And he says this, I charge you, O daughters of, of Jerusalem, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Uh, there's other verses that sa- says, don't awaken love until it's ready, until you're ready to awaken love. And this is what I've learned about like sexuality is that anytime you indulge in any sort of sexual pleasure before the covenant of marriage is established, it is wrong. Yeah. It is a sin. So, and I say that to say this because once you, once you get into a covenant of marriage, that act of sex, it is the, like, it's the, it's the, it's the glue. It is like the bond of marriage. That's, that's what differentiates me between my roommate in college, me and my wife and me and my roommate in college. You know, mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. if I'm, if I'm not having sex with my wife, we are roommates. Like we're, you know, it's the same thing. So it's like that, that is what holds us together and brings our relationship deeper than just a friend, deeper than just, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend. It's like, you are my wife. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at awakening those contractual like arrangements before you have that that covenant with someone it's just it's wrong it's out of place it's not right and so i think for for people in here who and i might not be talking to very many people here but if that that haven't done this people in here that haven't experienced masturbation yet i would encourage you to wait don't do anything until you or in that covenant, and I'm sure that the majority of people listening have experienced that right, in their life. Right. And what I would say this is is that reserve from here on going forward, reserve that for your husband and for your wife. Reserve that for the time in your life when you are married because yeah. that is where this is meant to be. And I was talking to a friend who really struggled with this specifically and we talked about it a lot. And, and his thing was that he opened a door that he couldn't shut. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And with masturbation, I feel like specifically that's really hard because once you open that door, it, it, not with just masturbation, with sex in general, anything sexual, sexual, like you open a door you're not going backwards. Like it's hard to shut that door. Like even right. with me and Emily, like we didn't have sex, but we, we, we did some things before we were married and we found that once we got to that point, it was really hard to like say, okay, we're not going to do that again. You know, like yeah. we're not going to go here again. So any point you're looking at like opening doors or doing things sexually, it's going to be hard to backtrack. But I believe that you can do it. Yeah. I believe yeah. that you can make up in your mind to say this, Jesus, I want you to restore my purity. I want you to restore you know, my, my sexual innocence. Mm -hmm. I want to save this part of my life until I get to marriage. And it's the same thing with looking at pornography. It might be a process. It might be a thing where you kind of walk through it, but I believe wholeheartedly that even when it comes to masturbation, you need to save yourself wholly until that covenant's made. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for answering all those honestly. And thank you for giving so much insight. Yeah, um, for sure. David, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off on this? Final and on thoughts? this first season. This is the yeah, end of our the, our first season, season of the show. Finale. That's awesome, guys. This this congratulations. Were, thanks. So episode episode Pastor six. Dom, who will be putting out his own podcast with 
Jeremiah and Pastor Dion as well. Yeah, we've got a um, little plug. But yeah, um, no, just encouragement. Again, like Pastor Dom said, to save yourself in that aspect and to keep trying to not just give up. Like, don't just mm-hmm. give up because you messed up one time or you messed up a couple of times. Like, mm-hmm. you can achieve that in the same way you can achieve a- anything, in the same way that you have to work for everything in your life, in sports or in school or in a relationship with whoever it may be. You have to try yeah. and you have to put forth effort. If you don't try and you don't care and it's just whatever, then you're not going to be able to achieve it. Yeah. And it's also not going to happen overnight. Yeah. But yeah. that doesn't mean it's not possible. And that doesn't mean that you're not able to achieve it because there's testimonies of three people here that have mm-hmm. put in the effort that struggled heavily yeah. and moved past it. And, yep. you know, Pastor Dom being married and having, you know, all of his experiences and saying, you know, all his testimony with that. It's not, you know, when you struggle with something, that doesn't mean that you're going to, you have to struggle with it forever. Right. You can overcome it. And especially because as a Christian, we have, you know, the, the, the blood of Jesus that covers us and purifies us and makes us whole again. So, um, yeah, just encouragement to continue striving for, to be the best that you can be and giving everything that you have to Jesus and living for him in every situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just want to leave everybody with this verse. Um, I recently finished reading uh, Proverbs like a few days ago. Um, and in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. That's good. And I think with that topic, like, above all else, like, yeah, yep. no matter what it is that you struggle with, no matter if it's something, any maybe it was in previous episodes, some of the things that we covered on this podcast, whatever it is, ultimately it comes down to guarding your heart. And understanding that everything mm-hmm. you do flows from your heart. And if it's fixed yeah. on Jesus and if it's fixed on the Holy Spirit, then he'll he'll guide your steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? And That's you good. have to protect that that attention more than anything. Yeah. And just keep it paid there. And so um again, this whole conversation, this whole podcast was the goal was to just be able to take away some of those those walls of shame and take away some of those walls of cultural you know just stigmas and Mm -hmm. things that people would try to put around different topics with christianity or with being a man or Mm -hmm. being a young person or whatever it may be we try to just break those things down and really let you know that no matter what you're going through no matter where you are in your life no matter how painful it is no matter how disgusting it may seem or shameful or whatever it is Mm -hmm. you're not alone and we're always with you yeah that's good it's good. Um, well, so what, one thing, two things, sorry. First of all, it never goes away. I, well, I, I think I need to backtrack what I said. It never goes away. Even in marriage, I'm still confronted with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the desire to, 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 to look at that it never yeah, goes yeah, away. Yeah. So, so don't get discouraged. And then lastly, remember what the destination is. Your destination is not perfection. It's mm-hmm. dependency on Jesus. Appreciate you guys having me. This was fun. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Love now you. we're always with you. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Season one recap over. <laughs>